Thanks for tuning in to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Here you'll find tips, insight, and information to help your music and your ministry succeed. Whether you're a singer, a musician, or a songwriter, we want to help you where you are, but we also want to help you get to where you want to go. We believe that our talents are God's gift to us, but what we do with those are our gift back to God. Yesterday's information is important, but what we can learn today will make this the best day yet. Hey everybody, Rob Novell here. So good to be back with you another episode. This is episode three of the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Man, we just want to continue through these podcasts to offer you tips and insights that can help you with your music and help you with your ministry and just help us be more effective in what we do. We believe a polished ministry is an effective ministry. So our topic today, we are talking about connecting with the audience. Sometimes you hear this as how to engage with your audience. And man, this word connect, it's within the DNA of the Charles Novell School of Music. Um, Quick story. 1982, my dad hired a young man by the name of Jeff Stice to teach at our school. And uh, Jeff quickly became part of the CNS family, but he also became part of the Novell family. And my dad really believed in Jeff and his talents and his abilities. And uh, I was able to study with Jeff as a early teenager and take piano from him through the school. And man, we developed a friendship that turned a lot deeper than that. Um, Jeff ended up becoming like a big brother to me. I have a sister who never had a brother and Jeff absolutely, God used him to fill that place in my heart and in my life. And Jeff was someone that could speak into me musically. He could speak into me personally, spiritually. Man, Jeff was just, um, an amazing, amazing part and influence in my life and in my music. And we lost Jeff about a year ago, and I miss him so much. I miss him dearly. This word, connect, was a word that Jeff would always bring up during the school, whether it was a performance training class, a piano lab, or just something that he was teaching. He would talk about how important it was to connect with your audience. And man, I had the privilege multiple times for four years, I traveled with him in a group called perfect heart and stood beside him. And I I could watch him nightly, how he would connect with the audience, um, from the piano. And, And I don't know that we can grasp how difficult that that is. I mean, it's one thing to be on the front line, be one of the singers, make an eye contact constantly with people, but to do what he did from the piano, man, Jeff was a master at connecting So today we want to talk about how we connect with the audience, how we engage the audience and the benefits that it's going to end up doing for you. So we always kind of, I like to give out points. And so we're going to talk four things today of how we can connect more effectively with our audience. First thing, man, priorities. The first thing about your ministry and you connecting with people is you must be connected with God. I know that may be like, wow, that's so basic, but you know what? Sometimes we uh, can get the cart before the horse. Sometimes we get so focused. Let's, let's talk real quick. The story of Mary and Martha. One was so busy working for Jesus while the other just wanted to sit at his feet and hear him speak. So the first thing 
we've got to do is in our own personal lives, in our own personal discipleship, we've got to continue to grow and deepen our level of intimacy with our relationship with God. If we're doing that on our own, that's going to help a lot of this fill in the blanks and make us a little bit, if, if we're walking and we're talking with Christ on a daily basis, then we're going to be able to share that information. God will speak to us, so then he can speak through us in our ministry. So first point, connecting with God. Second thing, you must connect with yourself. And again, you're going like, man, I tuned in for this uh, elementary information. Now, listen to me. What I mean by this is we sell ourselves short. We constantly try to size ourselves up to other people, to other talent, to other ministries. Here's what we got to realize. First and foremost, I'll, I'll keep this real transparent and personal. There's only one Rob Novell. And um, <laughs> the only thing that I can do is be the best Rob Novell that Rob Novell can be. Now, I've struggled with this for years and years and years. Number one, legally, I am Charles Robert Novell II. I go by my middle name, Rob. So I'm named after my dad. And growing up, there was a huge shadow cast by that fact. And uh, people just expected me to follow a certain path or to do a certain thing because I was Charles Novell's son. Man, my dad was an amazing, gifted pianist. And people just assumed, man, Rob's going to be a piano player. And I do play and I started there. But there was a season in my life where I really, I pursued the bass guitar for the main reason Rob was trying to create his own identity. Rob was um, so many people in gospel music from George and Glenn to uh, James Blackwood to Brock Spear, Ben Spear, uh, J.D. Sumner. When I would see them, they would address me as little Charlie. And um, even though obviously I was very proud of that, and I love my heritage, I, I love that I was raised in a home that taught me two, two things, taught me to love God and to love my music. I'm thankful for that. I, I love that. But again, Rob kind of went off and pursued his own thing. So what we have to do is we have to learn to be comfortable with who we are and since then, I've kind of come back. I'm, I'm playing the piano, which I never stopped, but doing a lot, probably even more piano now than I am some of the other instruments that I play. But man, I've got to be confident in who Rob is. So if Rob connects with Rob, then it's going to make it much easier when I'm standing before people to be able to connect with them. So understand you are who you are. Quit trying to size your up, yourself up to be someone that you're not. You know, there's only there was only one Jeff Stice. There's only been one Sandy Patty. There's only been one Larno Harris. There's only been one Natalie Grant. There's only been one Lauren Daigle. We have to be who we are and comfortable with that. So connect with yourself. Third point, you must connect with your music. Here's the thing. If, if when you're selecting material to perform, if you don't know the story behind that song, if you don't connect to that song, if that song doesn't minister to you, how do you expect 
to deliver it and minister to someone with it. So we have to connect with our music. I mean, we've had some great students through the years of the Charles Vell School of Music. One, one gentleman in particular that I think of when I think of song selection is uh, Dave Burdick. Dave is from upstate New York. He comes to the school every year. Just an amazing, amazing individual. Amazing guy. Love Dave. Love Dave. He gets up and sings every year at the school. And I have never seen someone with the natural gift and ability to handpick material like Dave can. He sings songs that he he can sell that and deliver that to the listener because he believes in the message of the song. So it's vitally, vitally important that we connect with our music. Man, I heard J.D. Sumner at this very school years ago, uh, up in front of the class, say this. If the songs that he picks for his recordings, if they can't preach and deliver a message on his own, on their own, then he should never have picked those songs to sing to begin with. So they sang songs that connected to them, that songs that they believed in. That's what Dave does and how he blows my mind every year is he's singing material that he has spent time researching and digging and he understands the meaning of the song. Once you understand something, it's much easier to deliver it. I remember 2005, 2006, I purchased a new car and I was shopping for a Ford Explorer. And I remember pulling into this uh, Ford dealership. And one of my biggest pet peeves in life is it let, let me stop the car and get out of the car before you start knocking on my window trying to sell me a car. So the salesman was there at my car. I get out and he's like, what can I do for you? I said, well, I'm here looking at Ford Explorers today. And the guy said this to me. He said, look. Man, I don't know much about him. He said, um, this is only my third day on the job. He said, now, I sold Toyotas for 15 years. So if you'd pulled in and had questions about a Highlander, I could answer every single one of your questions. And I, I just kind of stepped back and looked at the guy. And I'm like, I, I seriously, I asked him, I said, so you're going to sell me a car that you know nothing about? And he kind of chuckled. He said, well, it kind of looks that way. So <laughs> I found me a different salesman that day because I had some questions that obviously this gentleman wasn't going to answer. But here's the point. You can't sell what you don't know. So we must connect with the music. All right. So that's point number three. Point number one, we must connect with God in our own personal walk, a deeper walk of level of intimacy with our relationship with the Lord. Number two we got to connect with ourselves. we got to be comfortable with who we are. we got to know who we are. we got to be who we are. Number three, we got to connect with the music. you got to be singing stuff that you know about. Stuff that you know about. Number four, this is now where we get into the engagement part of this topic in this podcast episode today. How do we connect with the audience? So I want to give you several, several things, and we'll talk about these as we go through. The first thing, when you're up in front of a crowd, one of the main ways that you connect with them is through eye contact. Scan the room. Look, look around the room. Look into people's eyes as you sing to them, as you talk to them in between songs. That makes it personable. That makes it feel like, you know what? 
they are singing to me. They are talking to me. And that allows the audience to be much more engaged and comfortable when they feel like you're making it that personal. Number two, use the platform. We, we get to places and uh, we, we, we talk about this at the Trails of Us School of Music. What, what you want to do, and preferably you do all of this in advance. You, you don't want any drama when you get to a church or to a venue, but let's specifically talk a church and a church platform. What's stage center at every church platform? The pulpit, correct? That pulpit can be a huge distraction, especially if you are vertically challenged and say you're, you're, you know, you're five foot tall when you need a haircut. Um, you know, if you're singing behind that pulpit, there literally is going to be people in that room that aren't going to see you. You know, some of these pulpits are huge. So what we want to do with the platform is remove any distractions that literally stand between you and the crowd. So the pulpit is, is a big one. You know, what I like to say is this, ask permission to move the pulpit. It's not real hard. You know, most pastors are going to say yes. Um, if they say no, you know what? It's their house. You've got to honor the shepherd of that house so you don't move the pulpit. Maybe then you work around it. You know that in advance. So you set up to the left or to the right of it. You don't put things directly behind it. That is one way that you're removing that distraction. But that platform is there. Use every bit of that platform as you're singing. Now, I don't want you to, we're not going to talk the water sprinkler approach. I don't want you just rotating left and right or the oscillating fan. We don't want you just moving one side to the other and back and back and back. But move over to the right. Why? Because there are people on that side of the auditorium. There are people on that side of the congregation. There are people seated over there. Then move to the other side. And when you do that, continue to do number one. Make eye contact with them. Pull them in. Make them feel connected. You're going to connect because you connect with them. They're going to connect with you because, again, you're connecting. It's all about that word, connecting. Uh, number three, involve everyone in the room. Man, I've, I've heard it said... Um, over the years, different workshops and seminars that, see, here's the thing. I grew up in this school. I've been teaching in the school for 35 years. But prior to that, I was a student and I sat and I've been fed and, and heard and gleaned so much information from so many amazing people that have come through the school. And I've heard it said this way. My goal before I leave a location before I leave that service is I want to have connected with every single person in that room. So involve everyone in the room. If you're constantly singing to that person on the second row on the right side of the pulpit, you're leaving out the entirety of the rest of the room. So scan the room, involve the room, look in the back. You know, sometimes there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, saying, hey, how about the last three rows? How did, did Are you hearing me good? Did, did that bless you? You know, and personally involve them. If you know some people in the crowd, it, sometimes it's a good thing to personally engage them. 
the person that doesn't know you says, you know what? He's got a relationship. He's got a connection with that person right there. So maybe that opens it up for me to establish a relationship with this individual. So that just allows people to be more comfortable with um, your, your performance. Number four, more music and less talk. What do I mean by that? Man, people are coming to hear you sing. If you are a singing ministry, people are coming to hear you sing. If you are a preacher, people are coming to hear you preach. But I think the majority of the people that we're trying to reach with this podcast are singers, musicians. You're not there to preach to them. Goes back to what JD said earlier. If the songs that you're performing and and offering that congregation, that crowd, that audience, if those songs can't preach a message on their own without you having to give three points in a poem, then you shouldn't be doing those songs to begin with. So more music, less talking. One really good way to engage um, is I like to do this. I'll do two or three songs right up front, back to back to back before I say a word. And you know what? When you speak, and this is kind of number five and and number six, four, five, six, we're going to kind of intertwine here. So for more music, let's talk. Number five, make what you say count. Man, you've got just a few moments. I've heard Scott Godsey say it this way. Sometimes the most important part of your service, the most important part of your program is what you say in between songs. So make what you say count. Don't stumble across your words. You know, sometimes we've talked practice. Sometimes you need to practice your MC stuff. You need to practice your your ministry. You need to practice what you're doing in between songs. You need that's how you exhort. You, you may need to work that and plan that out. Number six, have an icebreaker. What do I mean by this? Man, I love going to places. And when I do those first three songs and then I spin around and look out at them, man, I've been in a lot of places and they're sitting there looking at me like, bless me if you can. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that makes people nervous. I'm the opposite, man. That fuels me because what we've already talked about, my objective before I leave that church or I leave that auditorium is I want to connect with everybody in that room. So mission accepted. If you're sitting there saying, bless me, if you can, okay, I accept that. So I'll do some things uh, humor wise. You can tell a joke. You can say some things that can help break the ice. I've got um, an arrangement that I do of the very first song I ever learned to play, Water Room We Have in Jesus. And what I do with this is I take it through, uh, I call it the evolution of Water Room We Have in Jesus. Been a lot of musical influences on my life. And I take this song through and play it in different styles, in different um, arrangements, all of the same song, Water Room We Have in Jesus. And it gets people laughing. It gets people, um, it breaks the ice. It, it, sometimes I will do that after that first break when I speak, because if I see the hand I'm dealt with, then I know what cards to play. So have an icebreaker, some humor. Uh, number seven, variety in your set list. Not everybody is going to want to hear 10 hymns of the church. 
You're going to have people there. If you give them all one thing, they like something else. You're going to have people there that enjoy more modern, new praise and worship. I'll mix it up. Again, my objective before I leave that room is to reach everybody in that room. So you may hear me. If you come see me in a service, you may hear me play some hymns. You will hear me play some hymns. You're going to hear me play some um, newer Christian songs. I'll do some 80s CCM and I'll do some current praise and worship. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to do a lot of different things. So have variety in your set list. Number eight. If you're comfortable, they're comfortable. What do I mean by that? Okay. If you're up in front of them and you are, are you are giving forth the uh, appearance that you're comfortable with what you're doing up there, then they're going to be com- comfortable. Man, if you are a nervous wreck because the sound system's not working right, or you couldn't move the pulpit so you can't see people over on your left because that pulpit is that distraction, man, you got to let all that go. My dad taught me this way. It's the it's not the act that's remembered, it's the reaction. It's not necessarily the situation that causes us to be in a place, but what people are going to remember is our reaction. It's not the act, it's the reaction. So you've got to put aside all of that stuff, all that stuff that um, is happening at home. Maybe but right before you pull up, you're on a phone call with the significant others and something, uh, the dishwasher broke. And you're 300 miles away and your, your mind is saying, what can I do about the dishwasher? 300 miles? You know what? Here's the thing. That dishwasher issue with your significant other is not going anywhere. So leave it in the car. And after the service, you then can hit the pause button and you can figure out how to repair the dishwasher from 300 miles away. That problem is going to be there. Don't take it in the building with you. So you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, they're comfortable. Last thing. If they're comfortable, then you're comfortable. So a lot of these things that we've talked about, if you put them into a place where they feel engaged, they feel connected, they're going to be comfortable. And then, you know what? That energy comes back from the crowd to the platform and allows you to be in a place of more comfort yourself. All right. So these are just some ways that we can connect with the audience to allow our ministries just to be more effective. Let's face it. Why are you going to a church? You have something on your heart that you want to share with those people. So what do we have to do? We have to make sure to do that the most effective way. So again, we got to connect with our relationship with God. We need a deeper, more solid, more secure connection there. Number two, we need to make sure we've connected with ourselves. We are who we are and we're striving to be the best we that we can be. Number three, we we must connect with our music. So if that challenged you today, start looking for music that, you know what, means more to you because you can sell that car because you know that car. It's not. Well, I worked for somebody. No, you are presenting what you're presenting and you got to be comfortable and connected with that. And the fourth thing, just connecting with the audience. There's all kinds of way. Involve people. Reach every corner of that room. And when you do, people are going to have had a good experience. I've heard it said this way. We should be there trying to speak into people's lives. We're not there to impress them. My dad 
told me this. He said, Robbie, if you get into a service situation and you impress people, it's going to affect your product sales. People are going to come to your product table and want to buy what you impress them with. He said, but here's the thing. If you touch people's heart, it's going to affect your altar service. And that's why I do what I do is to make a difference in people's lives. So hope you got something out of this. Work on your connecting with the audience and watch how that in that particular setting will make that your best day yet. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name The Charles Novell School of Music. And for more information on CNS and our upcoming events, like our online school, our weekend regional sessions, our creative coaching, and our pastor's retreat, you can visit us at our website at www cnsmusic.com As you've listened to this episode, we hope that you've gained some information that you can apply to your music and to your ministry to make today the best day yet.